Welcome to episode 73 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. guys, so welcome along to episode 73 with, of Iron Man Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Owens. How are you going, mate? I'm good. It's a sunny day. Middle of winter is a sunny day, so I'm happy. Can, can you tell me you love me in, in Mandarin? No, I can't. I didn't actually learn it in the Mandarin. Can you tell me you love me? No. You can too? No. Can you not? No. Oh. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> Iron Man Talk. What a, what a start. What, what a, a start. Oh, by the way, this is a triathlon podcast. Uh, Iron Man Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffees of Hawaii. For the world's best coffee. Trybuys.com. For your online try shop. Athlinks.com. For the online community for all triathletes and athletes around the world. Anyway, in this week's show, we've got news coming up. We've got Age Gripper of the Week, Website of the Week, and on Coach's Corner, we've got... Got an interview with Ali Dennis, who's the guy who does striding on the DVDs, so running drills, etc. So we're going to talk through some of those things, running drills, technique, a few things like that. And that's the one we, review, uh, we reviewed it a while ago, didn't we? Yeah. The funny thing is, we got an email this morning, someone oh, asking about the DVD. Very good. That's there like you intuition. You ask and we will deliver. We, we just know what you're going to ask. Um, and also, question and answer at the end. But anyway, we're going to get straight into the news. So first of all, there's going to be another 70.3 in the world. It's just getting bigger and bigger by the week, isn't bigger it? Bigger by the week. So this, so. this time it's heading to South Africa. So it really has spread everywhere, isn't it? You know, There's mm. lots in Europe now. There's obviously tons in the States, uh, quite a few in South America. Australia's got them. When are we going to see one in, uh, in New Zealand? Singapore, 70.3. It might be coming up this weekend or the weekend I think it after. Is. Yeah, I think it is, yep. So there's lots happening, and I think it's fantastic, and I think it'll be great if they can actually set up a bit of a circuit so you can get points and things like that. And uh, We're seeing this, increasing prize money, and it sort of means it's a bit like a quality standard, you know? So... Good thumbs up to WTC. It's going yeah, well. Totally. Do you think they need like a European Championship and a, an yeah. American Championship yeah. and maybe an Australasian and perfect? Yeah, yeah, perfect. It's what we've talked about. You Thanks, know. mate. Thanks. Yeah, you should be go go work for WTC. Get up this. So if we ran the organisation, <laughs> but I think that's what you know. It's, we're, we're hearing from a lot of people is they do want that next level. You know, whether it be a gold medal or whatever for doing a certain mm. time, but they want some little extra incentives to aim for. So. Fantastic. I just was on X-Try about 10 minutes ago, and I was reading that class is back racing. Oh, I got an email from him this morning, actually. Yeah, yeah. he did a little sprint triathlon, but he's been out of action for about five months yeah. at least. Well, uh, seven months, he was saying, and he was saying that uh, he couldn't get out of his bed for two weeks when he was yeah. first in. So. so a pretty good sign that you're overtrained. Yeah, it's a really good sign. <laughs> so he had chronic fatigue, and he was in a, in a bad way, but good to see him on his way back. And I think... Uh, all the Swedes are starting to kick into a bit of gear. Jonas uh, Colting won the Swedish champs at the weekend, mm-hmm. and um, Bjorn had a good result we'll talk about in a moment. Uh, just, I was just on Ironman.com a second ago, and I noticed that the T3 Athletic Recovery Mattress is now endorsing Ironman. Right. Is this, is this silly? Is it silly? Like, I don't know. Is, is it getting silly? Oh, yes. You know. <laughs> I think it is a bit, but you know, it's a sponsor, it's bringing the money Yeah, in. I suppose. I just, I just just found that kind of interesting. Okay, next up, um, YouTube, now this is just for you British triathletes. On YouTube, the British Triathlon actually have a YouTube channel now. Right. So I've got a link to that on our website, www.imantalk.com, and you can just go on there, and uh, it's just all little kind of pieces on stuff that's hidden, happening within British Triathlon, so I thought I'd check that on there. But anyway, race results for this weekend. So first up, 
Embraman. Embraman. Arguably the hardest iron distance race in the world. No, it's, uh, it's in France. You bike over several passes. It's a PDF file somewhere, Bevan. Okay. Here, what's that? That one there. There we go. Very, very tough race. Last week we talked about the field. It was a bit of a um, Frenchy domination field, but uh, quite a few of them didn't rock up. Um, last year they had a really strong field. This year wasn't bad. Hervé Foivé won. <coughs> he was the number one seed. It's uh, full distance. Full distance. So it must be a tough ride. Nine hours 48. Yeah. And he's a guy, I don't know if he's won Ironman, but he's certainly been on the podium before. Sensation. 49 minute swim. 6.02 on the bike. It's pretty yeah. tough. And that's the fastest ride fastest of the day. Fastest ride of the day. And then brought it home with the 2.53. So the run isn't easy as w- either. Second place, we had Patrick Bringer, uh, also from France. And third place, interesting, Sebastien Beaulieu. He's a uh, former short course guy. He's been around for a long, long time. Um, so a Frenchy trifecta. And girls sort of things? Girls sort of things. You go for it, mate. You go for it, mate. <laughs> Audrey Claw from uh, Triax. Uh, she swam 57, biked 721, wow. and rode three th- uh, ran 3:34 for 11:57. You wouldn't think getting a sub just a sub 12 would win you an Ironman, would you? No. <laughs> Second place, Alexandra Loisson from ASM Saint Etienne. Uh, mm, number three. Number oh, sorry. Three was Estelle Loire Loire from Clermont Tri. So great race, something I want to go and do, and very, very tough day on the bike. Um, so well done to all you Frenchies. Felicitations. Okay, now while you can start talking about Ironman UK. Ironman UK was at the weekend, and yep. we've got some good news on Ironman UK because, firstly, Bella won. Um, I wasn't picking her to win. No, you didn't, did you? She must have did heard. I go with Bella? I think uh, I did. I think no, I was going to try to pick up Hillary, remember? Yeah, yeah. so... I think Bella probably listened to the show and thought, bugger that, I'm going to prove these guys wrong. Yep. Um, she pretty much smoked them. But interestingly, on the guy's side of things, uh, Rhodes, he was doing a demolition job. He had a 12-minute lead, I, th- I believe, off the bike. Yep. Um, and then At one stage, I think it was up to 17 minutes. Yes, it's a big lead. Um, yeah. But that, that was what we expected him to do. Um, but unfortunately, he couldn't hold on, uh, either cramping or calf problems or something like that on the run, and uh, and faded to, to do about a 9.30 or something like that. He still kept at it, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And Stephen Bayliss, who we um, we thought would uh, yeah, probably be second, he was in a, a battle for first with Scott. How do you pronounce his second name? It's coming up in about two seconds. Scott, there you go. Niedi. Um, now he's Scottish, so it was a Scottish win on both sides for yeah. Bella and um, Scott. And apparently Scott is an Ironman Talk listener, and he's actually recommended the show to other people to so listen Scott, to. So Scott, we love you. So we You're a champion for many reasons. Yeah, the whole reason he won was you know, simply because he's a listener. Now, it was a pretty... I don't know whether they've changed the course, because um, the times weren't amazingly fast. But no. when you actually look back at the last couple of years, those times are really fast compared to what people have won on. Yep. Um, I think when Rhodesy won it, he did about an 8.40 or something like that. And last year, when the guy won Frank Heldorn, he only did about an 8.38 or something. Yep. So... If they haven't changed the course, you know, it was a fantastic effort. It's uh, The swim looked short. Um, Rhodesy swam a 44, and Rhodesy's a good swimmer. Um, 44. But he's not, not that good. It, yeah. uh, and the other guys were coming out in 47, so it looks like the swim was you know, marginally short. It's a pretty tough day on the bike. Um, top guys were only just going under five hours, and then the run, uh, pretty respectable run times, 2.48 for Scott, uh, and took it, took it by uh, three minutes or two, yeah. two minutes. Your brother came in at 16th, mate, Jason. Jason, Jason well, I think... It's if, the E, it was the E, e wasn't it? E was it. just dragging him down. Um, 
It looks like he got a bit lost in the swim. And he swam a, a one-on-one, but if he drops the E, I can pretty much guarantee that he'll There's be There's 10 minutes in the swim, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guarantee. It's a world of difference. And uh, the girl side of things, so Bella took it out in a time of 9.36.13. Swam. Now, that was an incredible <clears throat> swim for Bella. Not just a, a little bit good. Bella yeah, because Hillary's a great swimmer, isn't she? Bella is usually well over an hour, and she pulled out a 49-minute swim, and that would have just set her, her day up wickedly. Yep. I mean, uh, sensational Well, swim. let's say she did swim an hour, that's the race. Exactly. Or just about. So, yeah. wicked swim, good steady ride, 5.31, and then a 3-hour 10 uh, on the marathon for, for 9.36. So, yeah, very small field, only eight finishes on the, the girls' pro side. So we had uh, Bella in first, 9.36, Hillary in second, 9.49, and Nicole Klinger, uh, 9.52. Your phone, mate. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and uh, don't know what happened to Gina Ferguson. She was our Kiwi hopeful. She led out of the swim, did 47 minutes for the swim, but uh, no, no other times registered there. So we hope all you guys enjoyed it. We did get a few emails through from a few of the listeners, and uh, Andy was just saying that Scott, was a part of Zero to Hero, which was the website of the week a while ago. And he was just saying it'd be great if we could bring that up, give it a big shout out. And that way, maybe a few of you UK listeners could actually go on and sign up for Zero to Hero. It's obviously working mm-hmm. because he's one of the guys who's been benefiting from that and he's gone on and won an Ironman, so that's really great. Uh, he was saying that Rosie overtook him in his first lap and he was flying, but they obviously caught him up in the run. Yeah. And then uh, T-Rex sent through and he's saying two things for the show. Remember, they're both Scottish, not English. Yeah, not English. And he's saying that Scott finished seventh in Ironman in South Africa this year. And so. it's only a sec- that's only a second Ironman winning Ironman UK, so that's pretty impressive. Wow. Uh, P's for Germany. Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll talk about that when we go to Germany. Um, one other one, just down the bottom here. Uh, what's this about? This is... Here we go. Thought I'd let you know that Scott Nayade, just one Ironman UK, put me onto your podcast. Sensational. There we go. So, Scott, you're a legend. You are a legend. Oh, well done. You're not our age group of the week. You're a pro of the week. Yeah, new, new topic, new section. <laughs> the pro of the week. <laughs> so, uh, so pretty good racing there. What else did we have? Let me go back to my notes. Um, Timberman. Timber! Timberman. <laughs> Bjorn just blitzed everybody on the bike here. Surprise, surprise. Completely. He didn't just t- didn't just put a couple of minutes into them. Uh, Bjorn rode a 2.09. The next fastest bike was Simon Lessing, 2.17. Wow. Put eight minutes into them. That's, and, and Lessing is no slouch on the bike, so that was just incredible. So Timberman, 70.3. Simon Lessing did catch Bjorn on the run. Bjorn uh, only ran a 1.26, so he blew pretty badly. Yep. But still, he finished second, and he wasn't that far behind uh, Lessing in terms of the overall, overall finish time, time yeah. a couple of minutes behind. So Simon Lessing first, Bjorn Anderson thir- second, and Michael Lovato third. Um, pretty, sort it out. Pretty solid field. Spencer Smith was there. He got fifth, so he's obviously on the comeback trail. And then on the uh, the girls' side of things... Now, if we go here, it was Kate Major, I think, took it. Yep. No, 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 no. Desiree no. Ficker. Desiree Ficker took it out. And make, oh, maximise the screen. Maximise the screen. Can't, can't here see we go. time. Here we go. Desiree Ficker. She came in in a time of about... 4.25. Yeah, and scrolling down, second place was Kate, Kate Major. Major. about 4.28. And then we had another girl down here who was Crikey. Boston, about 4.41. Dee Dee Griesbauer. Not many, not many girls racing. No. What's with that? Well, maybe they're just not further down. Possibly they are. Mm. Possibly you're right. Mm. But anyway, good luck to you I was guys. Talking, when I was talking, oh. 
Actually, one other thing on Ironman UK, um, somebody, David Craig, not Craig David. Not Craig David. He, he sent me through, he said Toby Radcliffe, who was on Epic Camp oh, earlier this year, he uh, finished 15th place. Wow. 9.15. Well oh, done, Toby. Shit, Toby. Well done, mate. Mm. I actually gave him a bit of an email before, say so good luck. I oh, that's just, what, that must have been what it was. Obviously, I'm taking the credit. Mm. Um, I was just, interesting thing about listening, uh, I was talking to a few of the boys in Rote, and they were saying, when listening trains, mm. it's 100% every day. <laughs> they say, you know, like, it's like, it's not, you know, you don't have an easy day. It's gun on. Yeah. From, you know, not, you don't wait for anyone. If someone falls off the bit, you don't wait. Game over. <laughs> you know, right from the start. If you're five minutes late, they don't wait for you. Bang, they go. And it's just max heart rate. And he just says it's <laughs> unbelievable. They're just saying, just the guy is just an animal. He's a machine. And most guys try to stay off him. And he just, you know, obviously he's been doing this for years. And it's yeah. how he trains. And so he knows himself. But most guys just end up blowing himself to pieces. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he'll sit on, you know, faster than the half Ironman pace for a whole training session all mm. the time. So, He's, uh, yeah, we've got to get him on the show. Arguably the most talented athlete um, that there's ever been, basically, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, we had the Wiesenbaden, uh, Germany 70.3 at the weekend. Yep. And the Ironman, Ironman guys got dominated by Stefan Bignet from France, who's a short course boy. He was his first race, I think, wasn't it? Uh, no, he will have done a few halves. Stefan Bignet's been around for bloody ages. Uh, yep. He's a French, French dude. And uh, I think I said in one of the other shows, it's, it's not such a good saying anymore. He's been around since the turn of the century, but that was only like yeah. s- seven years ago. That's old school, man. It was a good thing to say in the <laughs> it's 90s. so last term. Stefan Bignet uh, just killed it. Quite a few people have sent an email saying it was a fantastic race, really well organised. Yep, Daniel. Um, had a bit and, of crash, which is a bugger. Yeah, a lot of the, the, the big guns didn't didn't really fire. Timo Brank was only 8th place. Roland Lundenbarger was only ninth. Thomas Hauerweigel. Thomas Hauerweigel was only 6th. Mm. So we had Stefan Bignet. Rank one one one. He was first after the swim, first after the bike, and first at the end of the race. They haven't nice. got the run splits on here, but he did a four oh six, and he won by what, about four minutes from Alessandro Digaspieri from Italy, and then Nils Gokur was in third, and Michael Golner, who was one of the favourites, was in fourth. Uh, so four oh six to win, four eleven, and then four thirteen. And Constantine Bashaw, who's one of our picks, yeah. came in fifth. Yeah, it was a really good race from him, wasn't it? Mm. Girl side of things. Do you want to go for that one? I, no. know, I, know, I know how to pronounce Virginia Berisategui. Berisategui. Yeah, yeah, you're pretty close. Mm. Spanish girl. I think we picked her to take it out. Uh, Winky Cachula was second. So 444. Such an international sport, isn't it? 447. <laughs> and Andrea Brady was third <clears> and 458. And I think she won Ironman Germany got second in Ironman Germany this year. Okay, so one thing that was happening in Germany, and this is, I think this happened in Rote as well, is that they were giving penalties out if people wore their numbers under their wetsuits. What's with that? Well, it's a German rule. I'm not sure why. They, like in Germany, in Rote, we weren't allowed to use, you we went underneath your wetsuit, but apparently someone was sent through an email saying how his friend had it over his wetsuit, which that sounds a bit weird. It must have been right. under. But um, you wouldn't swim with it over, would you? No, but I, I remember Daniel McDonald was saying Chris McDonald had problems when he came out of the swim because he had his number separate. So it's, oh. what's, what's the deal with that? You're not allowed to wear your number under your wetsuit. Yeah, so you have you've to got put to, it on in transition. What's with that? Yeah, I, I don't really see why. But it's a rule. That's what because because uh, the German triathlon going to be body. It's a rule, and it must be obeyed. There we go. <laughs> there we go. So um, yeah. So and they're giving out six minute penalties for that. Oh, it's harsh. Oh, you'd be angry, wouldn't you? You would. Uh, yeah. But anyway, um, it's we we had quite a few emails in today saying it was a fantastic race. Yeah. The Germans put on a top notch show. Yeah, um, extremely hard ride. Apparently, mm. apparently parts there was like someone was saying I can't remember I can't remember who actually sent me this email. They're saying how. 
It didn't seem like there was any flat section in the ride. Mm. No, I'm meant to be having an easy training day, and they mm. are very sore today. So, and uh, the same guys who ran the German race actually put this one on, yeah. and so I was just ultra professional. I mean, Germany, Frankfurt. Yeah. yeah, they really know how to put on races in Germany, don't they? Yeah, they do a fantastic job. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, you've, these days you've got to chuck a few hills in there, otherwise it's just a bloody draft fest. So. Yeah, especially at 7.3, eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. Okay, um, and that's about it. Oh, no, 5430. Do you know what that means? Why it's 5430? I think I've got this right. I'm not quite sure. No, but you can tell me. Well, I think that's the altitude of Boulder. Oh, okay. The race was held in Boulder, and it's run what? by a company called 5430 Sports. Uh, so it's a half-distance race, but when you're racing at altitude at Boulder, uh, it's bloody hard. You know, We watched, we reviewed that um, showdown yep. a couple of weeks ago, and they had the, the national cross-country champs there. So hard racing at altitude, so... Uh, Hats off to everybody who did that. That was a 1.2-mile swim, 56-mile bike, 13.1-mile run. And David Thompson dominated the dojo again. Course record, 3.49, wow. um, winning by And it was minutes. five minutes faster than what Craig Alexander had ever done. Exactly. So, although, this guy got second boot as well. Chris Lee, yeah. pretty solid. Um, and then Pete Jacobs, who's no slouch either in yeah, third place. Right. So good for him. And on the girls' side of things... Samantha McGlone took it out in 4.17. It's a course record as well, so it's obviously a fast day. Fast day. Yeah. And Joanna Zyger was second and Melissa Ashton was third. Yeah. So fast racing, course records, well done to anybody. It's definitely the busy time of the season, isn't it? Races yeah. everywhere. Like everywhere. Okay, so races coming up this weekend? Well, is the big G-man going to do it? Okay, wait, so going to find a category. It's a question on everybody's lips. Division. Division, division, division. So... Yeah. I'm in Canada's this weekend, and uh, Gordo is seated number one. Is he uh, seated number one? Is he? He's got the number one bib. So I'd be. Uh, oh, you, you, please select search preference from step two. Oh, what is it? In pro. Okay. Yeah. Done. So we. Uh, Gordo is seated number one. Uh, so pressure's look, on, isn't looking it? at this field, you expect Gordo to win. There's nobody that's jumping out at me saying, oh, Gordo's in trouble. So I think uh, his big challenger may come from Kieran Doe. If Kieran Doe is on fire and having a good day, he really could uh, do some damage, but there's nobody else in that field that... Uh, oh, perhaps Tor- Ab- uh, Torsten Abel, uh, Abel Torsten, I've got his name around the wrong way there, um, a German guy, he's pretty solid. Uh, who else is on that list that I think could be a threat? Uh, I, I, I can't look now because it's <laughs> uh, That's pretty much it in terms of I think the real dominoes. You got guys like Jamie Cleveland, uh, Jonathan Caron, um, mm. Scott Curry, people like that. But I think if Gordo is spe- prepared specifically for this like race, like you wouldn't believe it. Yeah, he's... If, if he's in the kind of form that's going to get him about an eight thirty, I think he should win it, win it for pretty comfortably. But it would be really nice to see somebody to really give him a good hard race and uh, make sure he deserves it. Well, it'll be interesting, really, because if Kieran is the one to really look at, Kieran's strong uh, swimmer, Sor- rider, Sor- Sor- isn't he? Biker. And so Gordo's quite a wise ride, um, racer, isn't he? So, if, his if he, yeah, if, if he can get behind Kieran on the bike, he hasn't got a shit show. But but if Kieran Doe races like he did and, and wrote uh, yeah, the year before year. last, yeah. I mean, game on. Yeah. It'd be great. Bring it. <laughs> okay, female pro? Female pro. It's uh, W pro. Oh, they're they're women, not females, Bevan. Well, they're both, they're actually. Both. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> just between you and me, here's a lesson for you in life. Uh, Marilyn McDonald? Yep, she's lining up, but I think Lisa Bentley, um, again, sort of should, should dominate. Um, Although she hasn't been racing, and she's been injured, hasn't she? Oh. 
Oh. Yeah, I was just reading something today saying how she's had three months off and pretty much did nothing. Oh, so she, maybe she, she won't be nice in peak. Nice and fresh. Mm. Um, what I think is going to be really interesting at this race is number 49, Vicky Jones, who's a New Zealand athlete. Yep. She's a mother. Uh, oh, she's the one who won she, the age group. She's won her age group twice at Kona. And I think her, her first year at Kona, she just dominated her age group. Uh, so I'll be really interested to she's see. racing as a pro. Yeah, really interested to see how she goes. That's awesome, 48 mother. I think she's a mother of 48? No. No, no she's Jones, 35. 35, okay. So uh, I'm interested to see how she goes. Uh, in terms of other people racing there, yeah, I think um, I think it's going to be a domination by Lisa Lisa Bentley. Okay, next up we've got... Iron Man Kentucky. Kentucky. Okay, you keep talking, I'll get it up. It's that one there, I think. I like it. There you uh, go. It's going to be interesting because it's being run by WTC as opposed to North America Sports that yeah. run all the other North American races. So it's the first time WTC are getting into race organisation outside of um, Hawaii, so it'll be interesting to hear what sort of a job they do from anybody racing. The race is sold out, uh, so it's obviously going to be a big field. And the gloved man is ranked number one. The gloved man is racing again. Yeah. I reckon he'll end up doing 13 races this year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say what John was just doing. Uh, okay, so he, he's seeded number one. Pretty, pretty good field. There's, uh, That's awesome. He, he's unbelievable. TJ Tolkinson's racing. Yeah. Uh, Craig McKenzie. Yeah. Do you know him? Uh, yeah, we've also got uh, Chris McDonald's yeah. racing. Chris Howth, who is racing as a pro. He's a f- former sort of age group winner. Your mate David Glover's down yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so pr- a good, what, a good 30, 40 odd, um, maybe not that many, maybe about 30 odd pros. So. Uh, it's good to see Nina Craft is lining up, see how she goes this time. Um, yeah, so it'll be an interesting day at the office. Andreas Nedrick, he'll probably be leading after the swim. It's quite a decent pro field, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's not too yeah, bad. Probably, what, about 30 athletes? I reckon Chris McDonald's going to fire up. He'll I hope up, he does. He'll get on the podium. I hope he does. I really hope he can win it. Yeah. Well, Pete will be the challenger, won't it? Really? Yes. Yeah. yeah. But I'd like to think Chris on his day can take him down. Yeah, totally, yeah, totally. Um, so that's that. It's kind of first year for it, so it'll be interesting to see how the organisation of it, you know, obviously with the WTC running it, you'd think that they know how to run a race. So We hope so. Um, hopefully they're pretty sharp there. Don't worry uh, about those. No, I'll talk about them. Just a couple of other races are on this weekend. Um, we always like to mention the, the non-WTC races. So we've got Aldmera, which has been going since 1982. Uh, it's a very famous race in Holland. Uh, flat, pretty fast. Also got the Extreme Man in Hungary, um, which is an iron distance race, and also got the International Austria Triathlon, obviously in Austria, um, which has been going since 1987. So, you know, really well established race. Obviously, they'll be having their 20th anniversary this year. So, uh, good luck to anybody heading over to those races. Very good. I think we can keep going. No, we'll keep going. We've got a few more minutes. We've got okay. We've got, we've got three three minutes. Oh, maybe we'll stop. <laughs> we'll be back in one second. Uh, blog. Back a second later. Oh yeah. There we go. We're back on the back on the game. Anyway, so it's blog time of the week, and last week's discussion was, given the growth of Ironman races around the world, I just stuffed myself up here, haven't I? Um, should WTC offer Ironman races that don't have Kona slots? Would you still turn up? We're going one for one, aren't we? Yep, you're doing number one. Am I doing number one? Okay, I better put up my number one. Well, my number one was Daniel from Germany, who raced in Germany 70.3. Nice. Had a crash. It didn't have the best day, but he's still stuck at it, which is bloody brilliant. Um, and he was saying that he feels, yep, he wouldn't mind if they did that, but he'd expect it to be about half the price because he really thinks that the, the difference between doing an Ironman race and any of our great events around the world is that they have the slots. And he talked about the Rote example, saying, well, Rote, you know, you pretty much pay half the price. Yeah. 
um, you know, because they don't offer that. So I thought it was a fair point. Okay, I had Stefan. Uh, he thinks said he thinks it'd be a great idea um, to have extra races and then perhaps not all qualifying races and having some races done on a geographical sort of system. So maybe having you know maybe a couple of races in Europe, a um, couple in North America, and, and sort of spread around. So not so many qualifying races for Kona, but he thinks it'd be a good idea to have more Ironman races. Okay, so Fagan was had two kind of comments, but it's kind of basically said that he doesn't think it'd have a huge impact on people signing up for the races. He thinks that still lots of people would kind of turn up, and he thinks that maybe it'd actually attract more club outings, which I'm not really sure yeah, if that'd be the case possible. or not. Yeah. Um, and he's saying that he doesn't like the idea of having uh, less slots, because it basically means the race becomes too elitist in Hawaii. Right. And he, t- he gave the example of IMA South Africa, where they only one slot per sex per age group. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you know, like, it's really only... Yeah. You know, you've got to be bloody amazing, don't you, to get yeah. a slot. And yeah. uh, then Hawaii just goes out of reach for the average kind of athlete. Julie is not going to be uh, dating Stefan on Athlinks. <laughs> Pack it up. Julie says, I totally disagree, Stefan. Oh. Uh, first, firstly, having to get uh, to a race all the way across the country would just uh, disqualify her on a monetary basis um, in terms of qualifying for Kona. Uh, next, many of us who qualify with swim say over 105. Yes, me. I've qualified three times. Uh, even in really populated age groups, not to mention the older ones. And thirdly, why is Ironman less enjoyable just because Kona slots, um, because there are Kona slots to be contended? So she's basically saying she, she likes it the way it is um, and thinks that if you just limit the number of races, it's going to create more problems and people will have to do lots more travelling to get to these races. Uh, Thomas is pretty much saying that when you do a WTC race, you pay the money and you get all the goodies that come alongside that, and Kona is one of those kind of goodies. He doesn't like the idea of the uh, WTC kind of trying to pushing into the market of the other races, you know, right. because obviously the, the world championships, Kona, is the appeal of doing a WTC race, or at least kind of part of the goodies. Um, and he feels that there's a lot of strong races out there that aren't under their banner, and uh, he feels that he wouldn't want them to go into the area. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, Mike said it was. It's a concept that could work well for a lot of people. Kona really isn't uh, isn't in their mindset when they're working. He's done eight Ironmans, for instance, and has always been nowhere near to qualifying in any of them. The fact uh, that there were Kona slots really wasn't a factor as to why I entered the race. I entered for the personal challenge and because I love Ironman. I, for one, definitely uh, would enter an M dot race without the Kona slot. A second thought would be to have a second world champs as they do with age group squads uh, in, in the ITU. I don't know about the logistical feasibility of it, but uh, yeah, what about having... Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think with that is, they kind of do that in Kona anyway. You've got the pro race and the age group race, and there's not... Yeah. And you want to race and, on the and, days and, when and there's Stadlers and Mecca. You want to be there that day, don't you? Yeah, and those races are separated now by about a half, half an hour start line, so... Um, Although, going back to one thing we've mentioned in the past is the 10 races, you get a slot thing. Yeah. You know, because that would keep him going to, oh, although he's already done eight, I'm sure he'll get yeah. 10 out. You know, like, he deserves a slot if anyone does. Uh, Phil was saying that the majority of uh, people who race in a WTC race are not in contention for a slot anyway, which is a really good point. You know, if you look at the field, maybe only 10 to 20% of it have realistically, yeah. probably only 10% really, yeah. Yeah. got a chance of getting a slot. Uh, he certainly doesn't have a chance of qualifying, even if he took some a sabbatical and enough EPO <laughs> to put a Tour de France right at a shame. Uh, I don't care. Where <laughs> You'd be surprised what that EPO could do for you. <laughs> You'd win it. Um, I couldn't care less whether or not the slots are available. I just wanted to do an official Ironman race, and so he did. Oh, he's yep. going to do one next year. Cool. 
And Rachel, I think it's a great idea. Ironman is such an intimidating distance. There are just a lot of Ironman first-timers out there which have no intention of going to Kona, but just the desire to get their feet wet in the 112-mile course. Um, and Rachel th- thought her idea was so good, she posted that twice. That's sensational. <laughs> got to make a point sometimes, you've got to repeat yourself. So what's your thought on the idea? Uh, I think they should... Uh, I've got no problem with them rolling out more Ironman races, but I think... Uh, as I agree with Stefan, so I'm probably not going to be Julie's uh, flavour of the week, uh, that they should really limit geographically the number of qualifying races there are. So I would say, you know, for example, so I haven't thought this through extensively, but say maybe th- uh, maybe three races in North America, um, so maybe two in the States, one in, uh, and then one in Canada, for example, maybe one in South America, and then maybe, I don't know, three in Europe. But then um, does it get silly? Because then does it get like, okay, you've got Canada and you've got one other race in the States, and those are the ones where you can qualify for Kona. But yeah. then what will happen is then you have to qualify for Canada. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like But does it, does it make it too complicated? No, I don't think so. I mean, well, there's, got, there's got to be a way that we can, we can cater for the elite athletes that really want to get to Kona. And I think if we have more and more Ironmans popping up everywhere and we have this thinning out of the slots, um, then it's going to become a real um, lottery to qualify because if there's one slot you know and um, there's 10 good people going for that slot I'd much rather that all the good people turn up at one race and they quali- they, they go for say five slots rather than one race yep. one slot at five different races so my opinion is keep rolling out the Ironman races in North America while the demand is there um, but only have a select number of them with qualifying slots um, I'm, I'm not really sure either way I'm, I kind of think that turning up to a race that doesn't have slots I suppose I'm an athlete who when I go to a race you know, the idea of getting a slot is realistic for me, so it's a bit different, you know, comparing myself to the 15-hour athlete, but I think that maybe it does diminish the race a little bit if you turn up, because I think even deep down, the 15-hour athlete still has a dream of one day, you know, and then, you know, maybe, maybe not, I'm not sure, but I think one thing that, that we haven't really thought of here is that why aren't they lessening the amount of um, lottery slots they have? Yeah. You know, like, there's a lot of lottery slots they give yeah. away, why aren't they actually starting to pull away from that to let the races have more slots coming in, because... To me, that's a big part of the market where, you know, they're giving races where only one slot per blooming mm. age group, you know, and, and they're giving away hundreds of blooming lottery slots. I think um, the lottery system, we've talked about this before, I think yeah, we some, like some, some lottery, some, a, a small part of the yeah, lottery but, is you good, know. so they need to diminish that. But I think I, I wouldn't like to see that completely disappear. I think just having a little bit of that there is good, but 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 but. but more yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting time for them because the sport is growing so fast, mm. and uh, you know they could pretty much in America put probably put another five races on and sell yeah. out. Yeah, and which is great, but they've they've got to have the this issue is going to come up real soon, isn't uh, it? So many slots you can have at yeah. Kona, it's yeah. a finite number. And I think once it becomes too elitist, then it becomes less appealing. Mm. You know, because then people are like, well, just, you know, you've got to be a guy who trains full time to yeah. actually get a slot. Can't yeah. stop progress, though, can we? You can't stop progress, John. It all started. And they're a business, and they've got to run it as a business, so fair enough. It all started with sliced bread. It all back in sliced bread days, eh? <laughs> you know, I still chop mine myself. I got, I got that one from Andrew Black, who I was riding with this morning. Okay, was that? Was he, he thought it was quite funny. I thought it was quite funny when okay. he said it. I, I thought it was funny too then. Yep, good, good, good. Okay, so we're, this week, we got to, we got to actually, Nick Matthews sent through this week's discussion, and he's saying. You know, it's, it's a topic of the moment, isn't it? How do we save the world? I'm a greenie. I'm, I'm, I'm all for this topic. You're a greenie. You always wear green, don't you? Yes. Yeah, greenie. Um, so what are some ways as a triathlete to contribute towards sustainability? Jeepers. Uh, could it be environmental, social, financial, whatever? 
what's something that we can do to change the world as triathletes? And the reason this came up is because you, I don't know if you've listened to the show with Em, um, one of the things she's doing with her, the boxes that she sends out her biscuits in, um, she's put some suggestions on there and one of those is, you know, you can rip up the box and use it for your, um, your compost heap. Yep. So, do you have a compost heap? Yes. I do too, actually. Good. Yeah. So in the corner of your room, is that? No. It's <laughs> <laughs> not messy. No, out there, right there outside the window. There yeah, you go. Very so good. There you go. So anyway, that's our discussion for this week, and that's our news for this week, and let's move on. We need some music. You know what? Beautiful, mate. Beautiful. So this week, the great thing about the show, Loudays, is that you guys just seen through all our work today. Yeah. <laughs> We've got about four or five high fives waiting yeah. up. We've got lots of age gripper of the weeks. It's bloody beautiful. And Matthew, how do you say one? Cowdery. Matthew Cowdery sent through Brian Hennessy from the Ironman UK. And why is Brian our age group of the week? There's a few reasons, actually. It was his first ever Ironman. Only started doing triathlon this year, which John doesn't encourage, but he does come from an ultra-running background. Yeah. Um, he won a Selkirk Cup 50K winner in 2006 and is three times London to Brighton 55 mile, or not K, 50 mile winner. So far as that, it's about 80 1.6, so yeah, roughly, yeah, roughly about yeah, there. Okay. So he's obviously got a pretty strong yeah. running background. Okay, so he's 41 years old, swam 59.53, bike, biked uh, 6.07 and ran a sub-3 of 258, uh, ran the first half from 137 and realised he wasn't going he was going too slow, so he put in a 121 for the second half. That's pretty solid. That is pretty bloody solid for the bring, second half. Home I wish I could do that in this instead. Oh, if only. So he finished in uh, 10.010. He got sixth in his age group in the first Ironman, but had the seventh fastest marathon on race day. Nice. That's including pros. Yeah, but he also punctured 12 miles into the bike, so he probably would have had a, a quicker bike uh, yeah. time. And he had trouble getting the, the tubular off. Uh, and So he probably would have got sub-10 if that wasn't yeah. the case. He did Ironman UK, uh, 70.3. UK and 509 and finished second in his age group but the field was nowhere as tough I reckon if you can pull off that was like the year I did Hawaii there was mm. a guy who was an age group who did the second fastest run and he, I think Peter Reid or whoever got the fastest run mm. only beat him by like one second mm. yeah that's pretty awesome. impressive yeah great work so Brian you, you are, are our age grouper group of the week, week. <laughs> okay website of the week Website of the week, and again, our work is done. <laughs> we actually we got it back. We got to back it up. Back uh, it up. <clears throat> last week we talked about a nutritional website, and uh, we rabbited on for for bloody ages about it, saying how wonderful it was. Is it correct? D- didn't actually mention the uh, the website itself. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> True broadcasting professionals might have helped. It was on the website. So <laughs> if there are ever websites you can't understand what we're talking about then just go to the website and Bevan will have them on there but the website was nutrition was it nutrition yeah nutrition data data dot com but anyway back on this week Daniel's getting a lot of mentions in this week's show because he sent us through chasing how does that Kimbia Kimbia and it's a dot com dot com dot com 
Make sure you say the name, mate. Dub dub dub. Chasingkimbia.com. Yeah. And uh, it's basically a video blog, you know, slash blog, uh, following a group of runners who must be sponsored by New Balance. I'm thinking Kimbia is a running range, maybe. Don't know. It could yeah. be a place. Maybe it's a place. Could be a place. <laughs> Welcome to the Chasing Kimbia, a, a biometry detailing the life. Blogometry. Blogometry. So nice. That's he, a new one. He's even got the big screen. I still can't read it. Yeah. Detailing the lifestyle and training of some of the world's best marathoners. Season one provided an unprecedented uh, vantage point of the highs and lows of professional running as seven athletes prepared for Chicago and New York City marathons. Season two brings even more excitement and deeper coverage of the sport as we travel into training camps uh, in Itin, Kenya. Yep. So I, I just I've only had a very quick look at it, um, but I clicked on some of the the video blogs and there's some great coverage. Well, of these guys races. can run, mate. This and, guy here uh, just up tops done a what a two oh nine. Man, this guy on debut did a, a two ten. Yeah, so some serious quality runners. Um, oh, Luke Kip Cosgay. Have you ever Bottom seen those guys run? Have you ever seen like those top marathoners actually running for not, real not, life? No, I haven't. But they are just they're so fast. It's oh. just honestly, mate. If we tried to run with them, oh, we'd, yeah, we'd last a k if we were lucky. Yeah, if we were lucky. That's amazing, eh? <laughs> it's, it's pity TV doesn't really give them justice, eh? Because no. you see them, they're running around each other and just like cruising along. Yeah. And they're just flying. What's the record? It's about 204 at the moment, isn't it? Uh, something like that. I saw hey, uh, Gabriel Selassie ran a 59 half marathon the other day. 59. Yeah. That is, that's just human excellence, isn't it? Yeah. It's pretty amazing. So this website, basically, it's really great. They occasionally put blogs on, and they put quite a few blogs on just following these runners. And they've got a group of runners, uh, there's five of them, and, uh, you know, obviously some of the world's best runners and they just show you what they do with their training. And I watched one of them before and they're just showing you about uh, when they've got together as a group again and how they're enjoying that aspect. And, and so it's a good place to go and sort of see what perfect run form is like. And so if, yeah. if you have got some sort of um, media device on your computer and you can actually slow down their stride, you can actually really analyze it quite deeply. And it's just sensational the amount of ground they cover in one stride but you can really just look at things like the knee lift um the the the, the sort of angle between their ass and the the bat their shoe um and their heel and their body positions and then you can obviously then match that up against what's your what you're doing do some drills for example off the striding on dvd and uh and it's just another tool you can use and obviously the blog entries and things like that. And they're, 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 they're quite interest. active in their blog entries. They pretty much put up a blog entry nearly every week, so well, if, if not more. So mm. um, they're really, really active. And the great thing is they did a whole season last year, and now they're doing a second season. And I think you can get both seasons on here and have a watch. So um, I think it's really great. You're yawning, mate. Yeah. You right there, mate? I'm surviving. Good, I'm surviving. I'm a survivor. I will survive. <laughs> there we go. So that is well, our... Website uh, of the, the week. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Got- oh, club website of the week. Club website of the Back week. Back it up, and this is a good club website of the week. There's a reason for this, isn't there, John? TrySanDiego.org. So, obviously, that is from San Diego. And really, obviously it's a tri club. Tri club San one Diego. One of the sort of originating areas of triathlon. That's where it all began, isn't it? So around San Diego and California, so obviously been around for a long, long time. There's a lot of stuff on the site. Uh, Who sent it? Ian sent it through to us. Ian, yeah. And uh, he basically said, Bev, check out the front page, or Bev and Jombo, check out the front page, because <laughs> they've got a picture of one of their members. Catcher Mayers, well, she, she's, a, she's a fairly handy pro athlete catcher. Um, and Pretty, she, fairly But athlete. I think it could be, 
I've got a photo of her on our website this week. Have you? So check out Dub 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 I Me Talk. I stole the photo of their website because she's a honey. Yeah. I'm single, did I tell you that? Yeah, I'm a single man. Uh, but anyway, on the site, it's got, um, obviously features all the, the local events, any upcoming events. Yeah, it's a good website. Got a blog, lots got, of sponsorship. Training. One thing that we're not, we're not loving is uh, something, scroll along here somewhere. I Man Talk. I, I Man Talk, but it's not us. Back it up. What's with that? Well, we should sue them. <laughs> sue yeah. the heck out of them. We'll trademark our name and take you guys <laughs> to the cleaners. Uh, but obviously, so, these are people doing it, I Man. Yeah, so, um, but we'd like to see you guys promoting it. Oh, I think what they've done is they've got people who have done Iron Man, and they've, like it's like a Hall of Fame. Yeah. Right. Maybe. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. Nice one. So, pretty comprehensive website. If you're in the San Diego area, you can obviously help you find some training advice. Got some really good training advice here for their, you know, low programs and stuff, uh, which mm. is really great. Yeah, members, they've got their members. Let's see if we find my friend. What's her name? No, it's a login area. Uh, Clicked on that. Could be a member. Mm. Oh, maybe they link up with they, they, Maybe they could give us honorary membership. That's right. Honorary. Honorary. <laughs> honorary membership. So, anybody in the San Diego area, try clubsandiego.org now if she is single yeah. <laughs> there you go <sighs> right it's a tough, single life tough life for you eh yeah. so there's our uh, age groupers no they're not I'm taking uh, confused web, I've lost the websites of the week <laughs> we've been battling away here for a while now okay let's yeah, we're going to do an intro for Coach's Corner we better okay wait um, a second wait a second here we go So I think uh, coaches corner. Coaches corner. We're getting, we were losing the plot, mate. Getting tired. But anyway, Catch her. coming She's up next, me. Uh, we've got an interview with Ali Dennis, Ali. Um, and I really do an interview uh, intro introduction before we do the interview. So yep. just listen up, and uh, Ali's got some good insight into running drills. Beautiful. Okay, so on today's show, we're very happy to have Ali Dennis, um, the founder of Striding On, which we have uh, done a product review in the past. And we got the email about today. Yeah, we actually got an email today, um, People, somebody asking about getting a copy of the DVD, so we'll mm-hmm. point people in the right direction uh, towards the end of the show. But Ali's um, a running coach, a swimming coach, uh, and the Striding On DVD is really about running technique, uh, running drills, uh, so we thought it would be an interesting topic to discuss um, and its relevance towards Ironman athletes. And the good thing about Ali and, and one of the things we like to do is get coaches and and sort of experts in areas, but they, they still do triathlons. Ali's done Ironman three times back in the good old days in the late 80s, early 90s. Did you have the big glasses? Did I have the big what? The big Oakley glasses. Oh, mate, I had it all, yeah, I had those. Nice. <laughs> and the full bars. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> so, uh, the old BH. So we're going to just talk to Ali, obviously, about, um, about running and um, maybe a few stories from the past and, uh, yeah, just, just talk about running technique, etc. So um, is all well in Wellington today, Ali? It's all good, mate. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on the show. Thanks for inviting me. No, good, good to have you here. So, really, um, how long have you sort of been working with athletes? Obviously, you've got a bit of background yourself in terms of competing, but what was your sort of background in terms of getting into coaching and, and specifically into running? Um, I guess I, well, I started, I sort of started coaching, I started actually swim teaching. Um, I was working at a local pool and uh, got involved, I was getting bored of just being a pool guard, of course, <laughs> yeah. and got into the 
it's you know not rocket science that's for sure <laughs> um so after a tour of duty there i decided to get into swim teaching and it sort of went from there really um and then i went and retrained about 90 1990 at um, the local institute doing exercise diploma in exercise science yeah. and it just spun from there basically i started doing additional papers and that with um running news you know with athletics new zealand and sort of new zealand and followed my passion there from there on basically and, and one of the comments i think you've, you've sent to me on email a while ago is, is you worked with um quite an exciting group of juniors sort of full-on for quite some time and some of those guys have now gone on to to be olympians i mean that must have been a pretty exciting time in terms of your coaching career um, yeah, sure. I mean, um, you know, I played played different roles in each person's um, career. I mean, they've all um, sort of. I think the benefit of what we did then was running that junior development squad was getting them, you know, keeping them coming to Harriers as they developed, mm-hmm. and then and then imparting skills as they went along, and and creating an atmosphere where they could, um, you know. Thrive basically, mm. yeah. Oh, that's exciting times. Uh, exciting times, all right. Mm. So, um, you know, you've been doing this for a few years as a coach and as an athlete. What are some of the ways you've seen athletes train specifically in their running over the years? Have there been many changes in the way athletes have tra- um, specifically for Ironman yeah, and things yeah. like that? The way people have trained. Um, well, I think I think triathlons actually done a lot for for, for um, swimming, running, and cycling in general. Potentially more so running probably but um, yeah I think the way people train the principles haven't tra- changed over the last 20 years the principles of training are still there um, and how, but how you apply them and the, the variations of, of applying them have uh, been well researched and experimented and tried by experienced athletes and I think that's where the changes have occurred I mean um, triathletes are not afraid to try things and they're definitely open-minded about learning, and that's really sort of um, developed, I think, the science of training a little bit, mm. and uh, also the the art side of of coaching and applying training to different individuals. So I think there's been quite a lot of changes in that regard. Um, yeah. Bevan and I like to think we're we're pretty open-minded individuals. We are, yeah, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, you are. <laughs> but anyway, um, obviously, one of the key areas we wanted to talk about was was running drills, and you know, like swimming drills, which is an area you obviously work on with your, your swim squads and cycling drills. Sometimes people don't really understand what they're supposed to be doing, why they're doing drills or something like that. Somebody might just say, right, go do a set of high knees or something like that. So, yep. you know, wh- why why do we sort of do drills and what, what are we sort of trying to achieve? Well, in my mind, um, basically, you know, what the movements we do in, uh, in running is a mechanical movement and there's a, there's, a, there's a range of movements that need to come together sequentially to um, to get the maximum efficiency out of that movement. So basically what drills are doing are breaking down the parts of that movement, so in this case running, and we're saying, right, let's let's focus on one area, one particular part of the running. Say, for example, bringing the knee up or um, or the arm drive or the posture or the, the heel lift, um, even working the support phase as your foot lands on the ground, and just looking at that one area and then designing a drill that basically helps you emphasise that, be aware of it, um, enhance the neuromuscular development that is the messages from the brain 
through the muscles so that the the firing of those muscles is more effective. Um, you know, a lot of muscle fibres in the in the in the in the movements may not be activated because you're um, using them incorrectly. Mm-hmm. A drill will awaken that, awaken those muscles, use them more fully, um, activate more muscle fibres, so that you've got more strength behind the movement, more efficiency. Um, and the correct order, the correct firing of those muscles in the right order so that you get the best leverage um, and movement and so on through that through that stride. So uh, uh, running drills still important for the Ironman athlete in comparison, you know, obviously fast runners are always trying to do everything to lose those last few seconds and an Ironman athlete tends to just go for a long period of time. Are they just as important? Yeah, I think, um, I think like... There's two different Ironman, really. There's your first Ironman, who's just getting out there for the first time, having a go. And I think, you know, the rules are different for your first Ironman as they would be to subsequent Ironman. So I think when you when you first do it, um, really you just need to get the volume, the time on your feet, um, know what it feels like to run off the bike, off a slow bike, off a long bike. And um, and that's about it, really. You know, have the confidence to, to get through it and the nutrition and all that. Whereas when you do your subsequent Ironman, you start getting greedy for time and you want to get faster. And, mm. and basically, I think from then on in, you have to start training and believing and thinking like a runner, um, even though running off the bike is a little bit different in that you're entering it tired, I think you still need to um, think like a runner if you want to be a runner, if you want to be a better runner. Exactly. So, I mean, if, if you're... Um if, if we sort of differentiate those groups and say we're, we're looking at the athletes that are trying to get faster rather than just completing their first Ironman, is there typically um, you know, a time period you should say when people should do their drills or how often they should do them? Yeah, de- definitely. Um, like I, I've got a lot of Ironman that I deal with that come and do the courses and so on. And I think it's important to, to if you're going to start attacking drills and like retraining uh, you're, you're running mechanics, then I think you want to do that off-season, of course. Mm-hmm. So you start that, you know, you'd, you'd look at that in the winter, um, get some advice, get learn the drills, and then have a regime of developing your drill, um, you know, levels, and um, then slowly incorporate that back into your running. Mm. Because, I mean, this, you definitely can use some different muscle, parts of your muscles, I mean, uh, different parts of your body, because I know one girl actually came along to one of your courses at the weekend, and uh, she said it was fantastic, but she went away and she had, you know, sore calves for a couple of days, so yeah. you're right. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's an off-season, good off-season thing to do, but then obviously incorporating yep. it during the year as well. Um, yeah, I wouldn't um, wouldn't do it just prior to I Man, I've had people ring me up and say, should I do the course, and I've been running it in February or something like that. And I just turn the I turn the business away because I don't want someone failing their Iron Man because they've you know they're tight. Yeah, <laughs> very very <laughs> normal. Um, just one of the questions I was going to have in terms of running styles. You know, there's obviously a big difference between say you know your middle distance runners, your marathon runners, and, and your Iron Man athletes that, that often tend to sort of shuffle along. Um, I mean, in your opinion, do, do you think athlete, uh, that Ironman athletes should be aiming to be running like runners or, or should they sort of be looking for an economical sort of shuffle along? What's your opinions on that? Um, well, like, like I said before, I think if you want to be a runner, you've got to, if you're going to be a good runner, you've got to think, think like a runner. But having said that, 
Um, you're right, there is obviously a big difference from sprinter right through to Ironman running. Um, and the difference is the range of motion. Um, obviously, the movements are a lot smaller when you get to Ironman. Yeah. And posture, which, which fails with Ironman, people tend to lose that. Um, the postural starts, but I think you still need to develop and train all those areas, um, and then whatever level you've sort of reached, getting into your final specific phase of Ironman training, then you accept that level, and then you learn to work with that. You develop your own efficiency at that level through you know appropriate sort of training and being aware of your your body as you as you're running. I agree. So, isn't for technique? Is it? Oh, you know, you know yeah. No, no. I was going to say, does that answer your question, or have I, I yeah. often go off in tangents? So just bring me back if you need to. No, 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 I, no. I agree. I mean, um, I do think sometimes people do try to get into that shuffle phase, and you know, we are trying to run, and that's one of the things that I harp on to a lot of athletes is you know, thinking about their technique when they're getting tired, and um, they might not be, you know, optimizing that perfect running technique, but if they at least can be aiming for it, they can obviously you know pick up their cadence, pick up their knee lift, things yeah. like that, and. Uh, well, that's right. I mean, running okay. is um, running is faster than than um, than shuffling. Uh, shuffling is faster than walking, yeah. and walking is faster than sitting down. <laughs> so, I mean, at the end of the day, they're they're all good at different levels. You know what I mean? Yeah. As long as you're going forward. That's the key. Hey, so for technique, what are some of the common flaws you see in an Ironman triathlete? Oh, first, first up would be posture. So, what do you mean by posture? Basically, when I'm talking about posture, I'm talking about from your basically from your hips to your head. And if you look at people's hips, um, or if you start at the head, for example, people get tired. They start looking down quite close to their feet. In fact, they're virtually looking at their shoelaces. Uh, that's the extreme end of it. And as a result, their hips tend to fold or collapse inwards. Mm-hmm. Um, they may even look like they're sitting down as they're running. And um, then, of course, because of that, their stride is a lot shorter. So you end up with, um, you know, you're doing a lot more steps, obviously. You're not as efficient. You're not getting the length out of your stride um, because of your head position in part. Um, also because the muscles around your hips are tight. So, um, you know, that happens because you're, you're sitting down, you're riding a bike and so on. But, you, you know, so those are common problems anyway that, that occur. So optimally you want your body, to, upper body to be very kind of straight? Yeah, um, upright, but not not straight as in straight up and down like a like a um, pole. You basically want to have a have the person falling forward just a little bit. Yep. But you have to be balanced on your hips. Your hips have to be upright. If the hips collapse or fold in, as if you're sitting, then there's a tendency to sort of um, lose your ability to drive exactly. drive through the. You always tell me, hey, hips up, Bevan. I always say, hips up, Bevan, hips up, Bevan. Hips up, Bevan. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get out of that bucket. He's like my mother, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, ideally we'd all like to have um, a coach out there running with us every step of the way and uh, telling us exactly what we are or aren't doing correctly. But for non-coached athletes, you know, what's sort of some things they can do to assess whether they are a bucket runner or whether their head's in a good position or things like that? Have you got any sort of tips for perhaps non-coached athletes? Yeah, I think um, I think you know a lot of a lot of people have training buddies, and that's uh, you could always look in the you could always look in the shop shop windows. I know Evan probably does that when he's running. Around <laughs> nice one, <laughs> I can't deny it. I don't know. I've never I've never met him, but um, they tell me he likes the window there. 
<laughs> I just get given shit on the show every every day, don't yeah. I? Oh, so, sorry, mate. Yeah, thanks, man. I'm feeling love. <laughs> so, no, I love been, the show. I love the show. I, I've been even looking in shop windows. Um, but it's yeah, what I do so, for technique. That's why I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> seriously, like if uh, if you've got a running buddy and you're going out together. Um, it's um, and you might be doing maybe you're doing some intervals or maybe you're doing some stride outs or you're just running running around the field. You could get the other person to sort of watch you for a couple of minutes mm-hmm. um, and just give you some visual feedback. The other way is to get a camera if you've got a if you've got a video camera, film each other and um, and then have a look at that. And if you've got some comparable examples to look at, then that would be helpful. Um, and if you know what you're looking for, so, you know, you need information, you need to understand what you're looking for in each aspect, each part of the running um, style, so, so that you can critique it. And I think people can do that. I think, you know, triathletes are, are pretty pretty intelligent people. Um, Obviously. And, uh, especially you, Bevan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, and so I think, they're, you know, they're always looking to learn and, and so you could quite easily get you know get some information and, um, and make some comparisons and look at your own style. Also, a body check. I think um, <clears throat> something I encourage my athletes to do is to regularly run through their mind all the aspects of their running technique while they're running. Yeah. So it might be every every couple of k in an Ironman that you do a little body check and you start off with the head. You think about where's my head? Am I looking ahead or am I looking down? Um, am I square to the direction I'm heading? Are my arms okay or are they all over the place? Uh, am I falling forward or am I folding at the hips? Um, etc. You know, do I have a, how's my knee lift? How's my drive leg? Um, how's my recovery of my heel? Um, and just checking all those things. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then, um, and then by the time you've done all that, it might take you 30 seconds to run through that. Uh, you pretty much find that your pace is picked up and you're running a bit more rhythmically again and uh, you're good for another half a K before you start slowing down. Just just with that rhythm thing, how important is rhythm and you know what are ways we can maintain that? Like obviously your check helps as well, but in Ironman, that's you know yep. where people start to lose it, isn't it? Yeah, I really, yeah absolutely. I'm a great believer in, um, in striding on. I talk about the three R's, which is rhythm, range, and relaxation. And you want to try and have those three R's all the time when you're running. Um, you know, rhythm being feeling like one movement becomes part of another, and so those movements are all sequential and smooth and fluid. Um, and then the range, having a good range through the, the stride and the heel lift and the arms, you know, appropriate for the speed that you're running. Yeah. And then being relaxed through that through that action, you can't actually achieve rhythm and range without actually being relaxed. And I think with Ironman, the relaxation thing starts going out the door a bit um, because there's a lot of tightness in your neck and shoulders from swimming and cycling, mm-hmm. and that affects your whole body. It sort of spreads uh, like a virus through the body as you progress through the run. And I think it's important to to try and get that relaxation. And, um, you know, check your shoulders if they're up too high, try and get them relaxed. Um, check your head position, make sure you're looking ahead and slightly down rather than straight down to minimise tension. Check your hands, make sure that you're not starting to grip um, and, and keep those fingers relaxed so that the tension in the, the arm is, is released. Or even just pumping your hands a few times just to get the relaxation through through the arm. So um, 
So like the um, the broadcasting professional you are, Ali, you've obviously sort of led on nicely to just talking about striding on a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> is you know, Maybe just fill us in on, on what sort of the DVD contains and, and whether it's suitable for, for Ironman athletes. Oh, sorry, what, sorry what, that what the DVD contains? Yeah, sort of what, what's sort of on the yep. DVD and what people can expect. Okay. Um, the, the DVD covers, um, first of all, it looks at the, the running action, and um, so it looks at all the parts of the action, it shows you that, and then um, it looks at a four-week plan of drills to, to retrain all the various aspects of that technique. Yeah. Um, and uh, then there's a few things at the end where we just look at a few odd things that happen and, and how that affects your running action. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a plan that you can use um, as a plan, or you can use it in part or whole, really. You can take what you like from it yeah. and apply it in any way, really. Yeah. I think from an Ironman point of view, um, was that the second part of the question? Yeah, or, yeah. Um, just how it applies to an Ironman. Um, you know, if you're really not sure about what you're doing with your running technique, then you'd want to look at that in the, in the off-season. And I would advise doing, like, the four-week plan to give yourself the opportunity to sort of feel the changes. Yeah. And uh, once you do that, then just sort of maybe incorporate some drill work once a week or once a fortnight, yeah. at least on a regular basis, so that you're reminded of, of what you're trying to achieve and, yeah. and um, continue to push things forward, basically. I mean, it basically covers all the, the drills that we use down here in Christchurch, you know, for, for our sessions, and we, we were generally doing drills once or twice a week, and uh, you don't have to go through, obviously, all the drills every single time, but, but what I like no, about Striding right. On DVD is it's got, it covers pretty much all, all the drills that, that I use uh, as an athlete, and uh, in general, I'll just go through uh, maybe three drills in, in a session, and uh, it doesn't take too much time, and it's just a nice way to break the session up and give yourself a bit more of a focus on your technique, and I also think it helps quite a bit in terms of your race planning so you do know some technique tips you can give yourself when you're starting to get tired. So so I think it's a pretty valuable resource. Um, so if people want to get a copy, um, what's your web address? Uh, www.stridingon.com nice. okay. Pretty straightforward. Pretty I do straightforward. have one more question for you, actually. Um, during a race, no, you know, in, in an Ironman, you're getting towards the end and, and people do lose their technique. What are the things that they can do, you know, to change their running style to still be efficient without totally losing it? Yeah. Um, Throw that one at you. <laughs> you, you, probably yeah, don't, you probably don't really want to be changing your style. I, I would be saying no. you more want to be thinking about trying to get back to your optimal style because you may be, you know, your hips are dropping and things like that. And, and I think maybe just having a few key words to, to get yourself back on track, is that... Yeah, I think yeah. Well, yeah, I think um, what, I, what I was going to say is yeah. You, you get to that stage. You guys know more, you know, as well as anyone that you get tired and you start getting negative thoughts coming into your mind, and then you're distracted and you're not thinking about what you're doing now. You're only concentrating about getting to the end, and I think people um, lose that, you know, that now. So yeah, get your mind back on the job. Think about what you're doing. Um, just make an assessment of your stride and then try and bring it back as much as you can because it's really about slowing down the retarding process of slowing down, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're slowing down in an Ironman generally. But, um, of course... Nah. 
So we did just get cut off there from Ali, but he was really just talking about the slowing down of the retardation process. Yeah, nice. That's a good one. <laughs> so if you just want to sort of take off from where you were, sort of uh, how to avoid that retarding process. Right. I've, I've basically, um, you know, uh, a lot of people slow down progressively through the Ironman run, or at some point they they start to slow down, and it's about, you know, um, slowing that process down or... <laughs> Holding holding your form for as long as you can, basically, and trying to keep it together. Um, Which and is, I think that involves conscious effort. Yeah. Conscious effort in training, so that it becomes easier in racing. And conscious effort in racing, definitely. Um, and that will depend on what level you're at, of course. I mean, if you're really quite competitive, then it becomes more of an issue. Um, yeah. So just, yeah, just depends on where you're at with with the importance of that of the time really well I think it's a really good point actually because often you know 10k's out from the end and you you know you feel yourself slowing down you know if, if you can maintain some technique that can often give you a good 10-15 minutes can't it oh, totally. or at least you know yeah. Yeah, oh, so. it can yeah but I mean you know I mean you've got so many other things to think about you've got your nutrition of course which is absolutely mm. major major at that stage if you haven't got that right you know you you, you are backpedaling a bit mm. but um, you know if all things are equal then keep concentrating on your form and trying to maintain what I call the three R's rhythm, range and relaxation you know your range as you get slower as you slow down your range becomes less yep. and just being aware of where you're at with that and if you're maintaining a certain pace and you feel the feel feel that range and then as that starts to drop off notice that and then try to bring that back or try and hold that as much as you can as you progress Nice. So, um, how was your ri- rhythm range, etc., back in uh, back in the Ironman days when you did it? Uh, probably not as good as it could be, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> and what, what did yeah, you what uh, did you eat when you did Ironman back in those days? Back in the old days. I know it was a while ago, but I know back things. In black and white times. I, I, I sense you're going to get me back, Bevan, for this window <laughs> thing. Um, and that's fair enough too. Um, well, they had these things called chocolate, these little chocolate cookies that they um, brought from the South Island, um, but I never got to eat those because by the time I got on the run, they were all gone. <laughs> um, so yeah, we did flat coke, which is still popular today, and um, I think I might have had sandwiches on the bike ride. Yeah. yeah. And um, there, was, there was no gels when I did it. Yeah. No gels at that stage. There were power bars. Yeah. So um, and, and things like that. Uh, but I just said I'd have bananas and sandwiches, and then um, on the run I'd basically um, shove anything down my throat that kept me going. I mean, it was just flat coke in the second half of the run. Yeah, yeah. And and water, of course. Yeah, that yeah. uh, was a good old days. The good old days, eh? So any good old days, mate. The old day. I didn't even have um, aero bars in the first year I did it. Oh, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So um, obviously you've yep. got your swim squad down there at um, what's the name of the pool you're at again? I forget. It's uh, is it you at uh, I operate at Kilburnie Pool in Wellington, mm-hmm. and also Huia Pool in Lower Hutt. Yeah. And have you got any other sort of things that um, you know if, if people are in the area that that uh, you open up for anybody, or is it sort of more regular squad things you're doing? Um, have the regular squad training, which is um, which is good, and that's probably ninety percent triathletes in those squads. Then I have a, a gliding on, which is like striding on, for swimming. Yeah. Yep. So we um, that's a four-week course that I run on a regular basis, and that's to help people 
relearn how to swim properly. So, you know, people come to me, they're already able to swim, um, but they want to basically reinvent or, or make changes to their freestyle stroke so they can be faster. And um, we just put them through gliding on for four weeks. And that tends to get them on track and for their, you know, for their training. Uh, so we run that, striding on courses, of course. And um, those are my main, those are my main, uh, yeah, main courses that I run. Very good. Do the odd workshop. Good. And you picked up a few uh, tips for your own training last week when you we had the uh, what was the topic last week? Training with kids because you've got a youngster there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I haven't. Uh, is that the one that's come out today? Oh, no, been last might no. have been last week. Last week, you know, you've fallen behind. You see, where's the love, mate? Oh, where's the love? <laughs> oh, mate, <laughs> mate, I'm just, I'm just clicking on now to see where I'm up to. <laughs> anyway, um, well, thank, thanks very much for uh, spending so much time with us today and uh, and sharing some thoughts. And, and like we said, if, if anybody does want to get yep. a copy of Striding On, dub, dub, dub. stridingon.com and nice. uh, even Ryan's. Yeah. Stridingon.com. Very good. You yeah. thought of everyone, didn't you, Ali? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it is a resource that, that I that I use a lot and uh, and pass on to athletes that I that I um, coach. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks for your time, and we'll hopefully catch up with you. Um, I don't know, Ironman or Wanaka or something like that. Sometime soon. soon. Sometime soon. Right. Hey, uh, thanks very much for inviting me along. I appreciate it. No worries. Enjoy the show. Keep up the good work. It's great fun. Thank you. Cool. Thanks, mate. To that, Ali. <laughs> We're just flicking through things here. Seamless. Seamless. So, uh, questions and answers. Here we go. Here oh, we go. we've got some gold this week. Gold. That's gold. <laughs> you guys no. sometimes, you, oh, we need a video camera. You've got to be there. You've got to be there. Lanzagrotti. Lanzagrotti. Vegan. You're a legend. Yep. Uh, for the first time, we're, this is from the race organisers, Lanzagrotti. For the first time, we will be awarding medals for outstanding performances. The special medal will be given to all athletes who have finished five or more nice. Ironman Lanzagrottis, nice. including Ironman 2008. The reason for the special award is to recognise the Ironman finishers who return to our event many times. The medals will be awarded on the Sunday evening, May the 25th, 2008. Please inform us of your finisher years at... Sarah at clubcenter.com. So just wing any, it. anybody, well, no, <laughs> you any, just say, oh yeah, I did it five years ago. Yeah. Anybody who's uh, <laughs> back in '83, backing it up for um, good, good idea. Because I like I'm in New Zealand this year, and like I think I'm in New Zealand's around really well. But um, they had the ten year, and they give the t-shirts. Yeah, I oh, know, like a t-shirt. Yeah, come I mean, on, medal would be good. Yeah, medal's better, bit or of, a little plaque or something. Yeah. And wrote the yeah. people who had done. Um, Every year, got like a yeah. three thousand dollar piece of gold thing. Holy crap! Yeah, <laughs> it was like mean machine. Who's it? Quee? Quee's the sponsor. Quella. 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 Yeah, they was literally this big chunk of gold, and it's like Holy crap. Yeah, it's not bad. I suppose if you've done it twenty years in a row, you probably deserve that. But, <laughs> yeah. but better than a t-shirt. Yeah. So obviously selling our deals, aren't they? Exactly. Yeah. But the, the next one, uh, Richard Sinton. Richard, <clears throat> go Richard. If you've, uh, if anybody living in the UK, if you want your child to be extremely well educated, oh, this is ridiculous. We've found, we've found a school for you, <laughs> and there's no E. No E. It's Sir John Newsom School. <laughs> it's near Welling Garden City, which I've actually driven through. I parked at the Sainsbury's. Well, it was obviously your school. <laughs> and so, if you want a fine institution, Sir John Newsom School. In Welling Garden City, north just north of London, it's the place to send your well, child. Well, so John Newsom was the chief educating officer for the how do you say that? Hertfordshire, Hertfordshire, 
in the post-war years. That was my, my other life. That was, that yeah. was the previous life, was it? Yeah. Yep. yeah I'm um, so a, a, a great, great school. Yeah, great school. And it's, obviously not too tri-related. And the last one for today was a couple of weeks ago. You love your cream rice, don't you? I love mate? my cream rice. Grant said he heard with interest that John loves eating cream rice. Very nice stuff indeed. Can you tell me, was he suggesting... Sorry. <laughs> He was doing it during an Ironman race, and yes, that's a correct answer. I had it at about 100k on the bike. I actually got it out of my special needs bag, and I just have it in a tin, rip off the, the lid, uh, and then just chow it down. And some people have said, don't you cut your lips, and I don't seem to have a problem with that. Somebody else suggested... You're hardcore anyway, mate, eh? You uh, wouldn't hardcore, stop. Hardcore, hardcore. He does it deliberately. <laughs> somebody, a bit of blood always tastes good. Yeah, that's right. Somebody, Character building. Somebody else suggested that putting creamed rice into a bag is a good idea, into a plastic bag, and then you can just rip the corner off and squeeze it in, so that might be a safer option, but uh, it's only if you're a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Take it from the tin. And the good thing is, is it like, you know, drafting? Yeah. If you've got someone who's really annoying you behind, throw it on the ground, yep. flat tyre. Yep, oh. exactly. Always thinking. We're innovators, aren't we? Yep. Anyway. Pretty much like our sponsors are innovators. That's right. I, that was great lead-in, mate. Great lead-in. <laughs> we need a pay rise. Coffees of why are the coffee innovators. And we have been meaning to roast the beans that Albert sent us. We bought ourselves, so we've got ourselves a popcorn maker. So next week. Yep, we've got we the popcorn maker. We've bought it off Trade Me. It's exciting times. Yep, Trade Me, the fine institution <laughs> that it is. <laughs> Which so, is New Zealand's version of eBay, mm. for those of you who don't know what we're talking about. So coffeesofhawaii.com is your uh, the home of coffee for any sort of quality coffee. Uh, and if you've got a local coffee shop, maybe tell them to get on there and say you should be getting a bit of coffee from these guys. I wonder guys. if they can do that. Well, there's a little button down here for oh, um, wholesalers and retail relationships. Click the link to learn about our wholesale. So if you are if you are a wholesaler or retailer or you've got a coffee shop uh, and you want them to stock coffee, just go on to Coffees of Way. There's a little button down the bottom of the homepage and uh, you can get in touch with them. For the rest of you guys that are just uh, listeners and you like a bit of coffee, go on there, order away. As we talked about over the last sort of month or so, there's reduced shipping rates now, so yep. much more affordable. And uh, by supporting Coffees of Why, you're supporting us, and the show keeps rolling. And uh, next week, the popcorn maker, you'll hear it in the room. Mm. <sighs> <laughs> well, it's beans, so it won't be popcorn. Yeah, okay. Oh, sorry. But coffeesofwhy.com. Athletes.com. You've been putting up anything in there lately? Yeah, I have actually. I've been commenting on some people's stuff, but... 179 friends. Yeah? How many have you got now, Liz? I've, I've cracked 100, but I'm not there. I'm Mr. Popular, lately. Oh, box swap, bugger. Um, so, Athlink's a great way to meet lots of friends. Yeah. Yeah, 179. And uh, remember, we've got the competition rolling on Athlink's. We are nearing the end of it. We haven't really been pushing this enough. So, um, it's pretty much the end of August. End of August. We're going to choose three. Choose three. I thought we were going to choose oh, yeah, three and let, them, let yep. them win. So we've got a few entries online. We'll be summarising them maybe in a couple of weeks' time. Yep. But we want you guys to get up there and we want you to record something with you on it, promoting Iron Man Talk. And yep. uh, we've got a few entries in there and they're looking good, but we want some more. Yep. And I've been following what all you guys have been doing in my little kind of action ticker. Mm-hmm. And the other thing we've also been uh, want to mention to you guys is if you, if you do do a race, any race, doesn't have to be an Ironman race, any sort of race, just submit it into those guys at Athlinks. There's a little button on the homepage where you can submit a race. They generally take between one and three days, and they'll have that race up up uh, up on the site. And then you can claim those results. And I really do think that it's a fantastic site in terms of keeping all your results in one place. Tell you what. Jonathan Godsell looks pretty bloody happy after Ironman UK, doesn't he? He does. He's got, he's got his medal, he's got his t-shirt, he's got his hat. 
I love the castle in the background. Yeah, I've raced there. Have you? I did this uh, half Ironman. I had a woeful day, but I was out of shape. But it's nice to see that it looks like they've got a decent T-shirt. The year I did it, it was, uh, it was a shocker. You need fashion, mate. You need fashion. Yeah. The other thing is that I've been getting a few emails from uh, listeners saying how they wanted to read my race report from Rote. Now, when you write a report on Athlinks, um, once it kind of goes down to the bottom of your action ticket page, uh, it goes into the content section. So, for example, if you want to come and find my race report from Road, come and look up me and then go to my content section. And uh, that way, then you can then see what you've done. Or if you've lost what your one is and you're not sure where it is, it goes to the content page. Nice. I just said a few things about that. Okay, and lastly, we have trybys.com. Is it up yet? Is it up? Well, that's the, we haven't had an email from anyone, have we? We haven't, so it's, it's not Can't up be. yet. So basically, the, <laughs> oh, it's so exciting. The, the deal is. First person to email us when trybuyers.com goes live, yep. boom, 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 you get a little prize. Yep. And uh, if you are a new listener and you haven't been listening over the last little while... Oh, I like the way you did that. What? The new listeners. The new thing. listeners, yeah. yeah. We're going to look after everybody. That's right. Go onto the site and just watch the little intro, boom, 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 boom. And then there's a little sign-up page. I can make page. that stuff. I can't make those things. Uh, it's, a, it's a flash file. I know, but it takes yeah. ages because you've got to do each one. You can do it in Photoshop, <laughs> but it takes forever. Um... Go on to trybuys.com. There's a little button after the intro. Sign up today. Sign up today. Go on there. You know what? You've got to get in now because it, the site's going to be up very, very soon. And that's uh, your last chance really to get on and sign up for those Blackwell wheels. And uh, remember, we get one wheel. <laughs> that's a deal. <laughs> and make sure you said, how did you hear about us? Click on the Iron Man talk and, uh, and you should be good. Yeah. So trybuys.com and look out for them over the next few weeks. We've actually, can we talk about that? I don't know what we're going to talk about. Oh, no. Oh, we're not allowed to. No. Okay. We can't. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> we can't talk about that. Yeah. Try buys. Amazing. So what are our sponsors? Coffeesofhawaii.com. Athlinks.com. And trybuys.com. So what are you up to this week? <laughs> oh, this mate, this week. It's just going to be a long show, isn't it? Yeah. Um, well, I've just got back from Taipei in Hong Kong. I went yeah. up the world's biggest building, Taipei 101, which was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got my party. I haven't, have, have you got my invite? You haven't invited me. <laughs> okay. You haven't invited Saturday me. Night, you're invited. Okay. <laughs> I've been a bit sick of invites. I'll see if I can squeeze you into yeah. my schedule. Saturday night. Saturday night, having a big party. Got Everyone's coming. <laughs> yeah. Everyone except me who hasn't got the invite. I want scandal to happen at my party. Scandal. Yeah, well, because I reckon good parties, the ones you always remember, is when there's been some good scandal. Right. Not involving me. Well, not involving so. you, obviously, but I want some yeah. good scandal. So, And if anyone who listens to the show wants to come to my party and you're, you're in Christchurch, I don't care, come along. It's going to be at Club Exo Lounge, which is above liquidity on the strip. We're starting at 8 o'clock. Um, flick us an email and I'll make sure you can come on in because as far as I'm concerned, I want my whole world there. Okay. You know, because I want to share on. the love. Bring it on. And other than that, I've haven't, I'm not back into training yet, loving that. Next week. Time's ticking away. Next week. And what about you, Jumbo? What are you doing? I have been out doing long base today. It's a beautiful day in Christchurch. And other than that, not a great deal. Just working and clicking over with my one-hour training a day. When are we going to talk about those? Well, the guy who... Somebody sent us in some clothing. We're going to you talk look about at our website. There's, there's two pretty bad photos of us lately. Yeah, but we're wearing some pretty fancy tops. We're going to talk about them in a few weeks' time. Yeah, um, but they're pretty cool. I wear mine a lot. Yeah, it <laughs> smells like you have. <laughs> nice. So that's your bedroom. You smell. Yeah. It's not my bedroom. It's on their talk studio. Sorry, it's the studios. God, give it away, man. <laughs> anyway, that's our show for today. So uh, what is it? Iron rusts. I'm in. Don't train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.